This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach. Below the stone fences of Ledgered, the Thames flows along to the sea to a world that's wide and wonderful waiting for us out there. Not sure that's even close, but I think that those are the last couple of verses of my high school alma mater. Yes, my high school alma mater, and that would be Ledgered High School, the Ledger High School Colonels in Ledgered, Connecticut. For those of you that don't know where that is, that is in the southeast corner of Connecticut, not down by New York, up near... Rhode Island. And, you know, high school is one of those places that depending on how you look back, you see it, you know, through a lens that maybe it was fun, maybe it was crazy, it was definitely juvenile and immature, but it also could be hard and complicated and embarrassing. And everybody's got a different way that they see their high school time. For me, some parts of it were really great, some parts of it were really, really awful. But that filter that we see high school through is different and unique for everybody on how we, how we remember it and how we see it, whether it was long ago or a short time ago. And someone told me something really interesting about filters is that we all see life through filters. It's almost like seeing life through kind of a, a filtered glass. And, and that we, we, we've got assumptions that we make that, that may or may not be true. So two great examples of that are, you know, number one, um, when, you know, when I was growing up, somebody said, you need to eat everything on your plate. Not a good idea, not a bad idea, actually a really bad idea to make sure that you eat everything off your plate. And then the king of all statements is, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Totally untrue. You break your arm when you're nine, you don't remember it when you're 35, but if Uncle Joe tells you you've got cankles, or you're stupid, or you're fat, or you're not very good at sports, you may have to go to counseling for that for years and years and years. And so the filter that we all see high school through you know, and the memories that come with it can be really, really positive or really, really negative. But the point is, it's a, it's a, it's a season in our life that, that's just big because we were, were young. I actually spent five years in high school. Um, I went there in seventh grade when I was 11, then went back to middle school for eighth grade, and then nine through 12 was in high school. So it was quite the interesting experience for me. And, you know, had some great friends and some great memories and, um, I guess just a shout out to uh, John, Kurt, Joe, Tim, Dave, Dan, and John, who were my buddies. Um, were my buddies in high school. Reason that I'm bantering here about high school is is that I just think that high school ends up being a reflection of a lot of the different things that we see in the world. And, and I'm going to make the connection today to tell you that I think that call centers are just like high school because they've got two components that are in high school that without them, without understanding them, you just can't be successful, you just can't survive. And so I wanted to talk through those with you, give you some points that might be able to make use of, 
and uh, some things that might help you lead a little bit better. And I thought that using the analogy of high school would would help. So number one, and you've heard me say this uh, probably a hundred times now, if you've been listening to my podcasts, is that you need a friend to get through high school. I was fortunate enough to have eight of them, but you don't need eight friends. You need one friend in high school because you need somebody to protect you from the bullies and the mean girls. It's just the way life is. And you know what? You need one friend in the contact center. Um, you need one friend in the contact center so that you'll so that you'll stick around. And if you're a supervisor or leader and you're trying to come up with the number one way that you can keep folks uh, from attriting or turning over or leaving your organization prematurely, especially those that you want to keep around, you know what? You can do all sorts of really fun things, but the one thing that you can do is to connect them is to connect them and to find them a friend, make a connection with someone. And quite frankly, there's actually three different components that they really need to connect with. They need to connect with a peer. They need to connect with a supervisor. And if that's you, that's you. And they need to connect with the company. And so I just wanted to go over some of the things that you can do to make that connection. First off is any sort of connection that you can make between people, things that are similar about them. You've heard me talk about this before. We all have arms, we all have legs, we all breathe oxygen, we all have ears. Uh, We all maybe for the most part live in the United States or live in a particular state and live in a particular town. We're trying to find connections where they were born, connections with sports, connections with events they might have gone to, connections with music, connections with TV shows, the people that like Friends versus the people that like Breaking Bad or the ones that like both of them. And then with this information, with this connection, with this with this ability to find something that you have in common with people, you then create games and contests and meetings and special days and targets that draws people together. If you've ever gone scuba diving before, everybody has to have a dive buddy, which is somebody that they have to stay with the entire time that they're under the, uh, that they're under the water. And um, I'm, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to divert here and tell you a quick story. I'm a scuba diver. My wife's a scuba diver as well. And so she's been scuba diving longer than I have. And, um, and so we, we create a circumstance in which she doesn't like to dive with me because I have a tendency to suck my air a lot quicker than she does. And so you normally can end up being down 35, maybe 45 minutes to, based on how good you are at holding onto your air. If you're a novice diver or a new, new diver, you have a tendency to use your air very, very quickly. So we were diving in Mexico and of course my wife didn't want to dive with me. So I, I got this, this guy to dive with me and we're in, we're in Mexico and you know, he's on vacation. I'm on vacation, paid a lot of money to go for this dive and it's very, very rough. And we're going to dive down to a wreck. I think the wreck was 60 feet or 65 feet down or something like that. So when you're diving with someone, uh, you don't necessarily have to be with them and watch everything you do, but you stay within, you know, 10 feet, you know, 15 feet of the person, 20 feet, but you always know where they are because you're responsible for them. And you kind of look around and do the things you need to do. And, um, you stay with them and you're, you're kind of their protection. So anyway, so we go down and we're diving and we've been down maybe 10 minutes. And before we'd gone down for the dive, I'd started to feel a little bit nauseous from the rolling waves. And so anyway, at, um, at 65 feet, um, I got sick to my stomach. And so the first thing is, is that if you've ever been a diver and actually thrown up, you're throwing up into your regulator. So you're basically throwing up into yourself. So it's the most disgusting thing you've ever done. <laughs> but it's um, anyway, so I'm, I'm throwing up at 65 feet into a regulator. 
And first of all, I was in a panic because I thought I was going to drown because I didn't realize I could still breathe. Um, but you actually can breathe, which was really cool. Well, anyway, as a result of throwing up, I also created a lot of stuff around me, which, of course, brought a whole bunch of fish. And um, so it was quite the scene. And of course, now I realize I've got to go up. So I've only been down for 10, 11 minutes. So my dive buddy, who, of course, is on vacation and on a dive, has to go with me. So here I am. We're slowly going up and I'm throwing up. And of course, there's all these fish around and they're eating all the stuff. So uh, when you go down that low, you have to stop and, and uh, check it at 15 feet to make sure that you don't get the bends and you, you got to just stay there for two minutes and then, then you work your way up. So, so we're 11 or 15 feet down and I'm just sitting there throwing up and there's fish around and this guy has to come up with me. So we get back in the boat after 16 minutes. And of course, my wife pops up at 45 minutes and um, wasn't very happy with me. Uh, they did give him another free dive. I don't know whether he even had time based on his vacation to go do it again. But um, there's something to be said. Be careful of your dive buddies in the future. Anyway, but we had a buddy, and I didn't know who he was ahead of time, but they connected me with him. You can you can have call center buddies where you can connect up different people, maybe people that don't know each other, but you can make a connection and let them compete or be in a contest or fill out a, uh, fill out a contest paper or a quiz paper or anything where you allow them to make some sort of a connection. And you need to take notice of the people that are in your group, especially the people that are on your team, and keep up. See, see if they've got a connection. See who eats with who and who has lunch together and who talks together and who doesn't talk to anybody. And, and be prepared to help them make a connection or if you can. And I'm talking about a love connection. I'm just talking about a friend connection, somebody that they can talk to, somebody that they can connect with. And when we do this, especially when we're, we've got people that are working out of their homes, you may need to help them make a connection. And you've heard me talk about this earlier, make a connection with people that, they're, that they used to be connected to, but they're not seeing anymore. And even up to the point of creating a phone conversation between them, where you actually schedule it in where they get to talk to some of their friends, especially if they're, they're now home. Uh, it can get lonely when you're working out of your house if it's not something you've done before. And then you need them to make a connection with you right? And with the company. And, and they're going to make a connection with the company through you. And that requires you to be interested, not necessarily interesting, but to be interested. Spend the time. Be prepared to be interested, right? If it's not something you do, have, have questions handy, right? If, if small talk's not your thing, if it's not something that you do really well, you know, um, a great question to ask is, um, you know, so what's been keeping you busy these days? Or what keeps you busy? And by doing that, you kind of created an open-end question where they can turn around and then give you an answer that might be, hey, you know, what's keeping me busy is work or talking to you, or maybe I'm doing something at, um, with, uh, with my kids or with my family or building a rock wall or whatever it is. And then the other, the other best way that you can get people to talk and, you know, get them to answer uh, what's keeping you busy is to answer the question for yourself. And, and you know, you can add any to the, anything to this at any time in the conversation. It all starts with when I am stressed or tired or burned out, exhausted, distracted, nervous, sick, afraid, excited, scared, interested, et cetera, et cetera, I do this and you fill in the blank. So the way that you, one of the ways that you can get a conversation started is to share something about yourself. And you've heard me repeat this over and over and over again. And the reason I'm repeating it because it's good advice and it's the way that you open up. And we just, the more, more people that I talk to during this particular time, which this is, um, this is June of 2020. So we're still in the middle of the COVID deal. Uh, 
Leaders are really worried about the people that are sitting at home. They're very, very concerned about making a connection, about making that contact with the individual and sharing some time with them and spending some time with them, letting them know, them know that they're not on an island. And the only way that you can do that is to, is to have a conversation about more than business. And in order to do that, you've got to be able to get the conversation going. And maybe the other person is a social butterfly. Most likely they're not. And it's going to require you to work through them. So beside the fact that in high school you need to have a friend and you need to have a friend in a contact center, the second thing that you've got in high school is you've got cliques. You know, when I was there, it was the jocks, the freaks, the nerds, and the people in the band. And I'm sure there were some other categories with, you know, with the smart kids and the burnouts and all the other combinations that you've got. And, um, and, and, and cliques were very, very obvious, and um, they are obvious to this day. And um, I belong to a golf club, and there is no doubt that the golf club that I belong to is just like high school. I mean, there are just all the standard clicks that you would expect to see, and um, it's, just, it's just high school. Well, in a contact center, there's probably three different types of clicks. There's the, the first click is the one that, that, that you're probably the only one that knows it, and everybody else kind of knows it, but they don't necessarily know it. They can, they can sense it based on how competitive you are, but there's the high performers, the low performers, and then the average folks. And, and those are clicks that most of the rest of the organization isn't going to know, but you know it. Well, what does that mean in order to connect with and, and to do that with the high performers, right? We have a tendency to reward this group, you know, best this, best that. We need to challenge this group. You need to find ways to challenge your high performers or what I call your roses. So you need to be, you need to have a, a list going and be ready to challenge those people. If you want to connect with them, if you want to connect with the with the high performers, you have to challenge them. They're the ones that are going to set the standards. They're the ones that are going to set your set your next levels. They're the ones that are solving the big problems. And you've heard me say this before, but I'm going to repeat it. If your boss isn't coming to you and asking you to solve a problem or do something, you may not be a high performer. They may not consider your rose. And if they're not, go ask them, hey, listen, if there's anything else I can do for you, let me know. It's how you excel. It's how you get ahead. Uh, it's, it's how you show your and show and structure stuff. Uh, the second group you've got is your, um, you know, is your average folks. You know, your average folks, kind of the folks that are in the middle. And we have a tendency to ignore this group because we're so busy messing with the high performers and the low performers. We have a tendency to, to forget about these people and we need to reward them. You know, we need to find ways to reward this group. Rarely do you have best average employee of the month or best average performance of, of the week. But we need to find ways to recognize and acknowledge this group that's in the middle because they're average. Because you're going to spend so much time with the, you know, telling the, the great people how wonderful they are and the poor people how poor they are that you're going, to, you're going to miss this group. So we need to reward this group. And then finally, you've got your, your low performers, right? And, and so we either punish these folks because we're trying to get them out or we remove them and, or we're trying to readjust them, right? We're trying to get them to move up to the next level. So that's one group that we have in a, um, it's in a one click that you've got. A second one is another one that you're, you both know. Everybody knows what group they're in, but it's not very public, Right, and that's the short-term people, the long-term people, and the people that are going to be short-term because of their performance, but they don't realize it yet. And so you've got this click in your organization, and and so you need to know who is who. There's no doubt that you need to know who the people are that are the short-termers, the long-termers, and of course, I know you already know who the people are that are short-term. They just don't know it yet based on their performance. And we need to invest in the long-term people, especially the good ones. Now, I'm not saying teacher's pet or overly spend time with them, but I am telling you to pay extra attention to them and to know who they are and to invest in them, 
right? We, we want to invest in the people that are in the long terms, long termers. Those are the ones that you talk about career path with. Those are the ones you talk about maybe becoming second tier or a future in as a supervisor or a future as a mentor or whatever it is. You're talking about the future with the long termers, especially the good ones, because we want to pay attention to them because we want them to stick around. The short termers, right? If they're great, if they're good, then I want to invest some time, money, and education in the short term. Short termers, it's a good, it's a good investment. It's it's a risky investment, right? Because it's not like the long termers, because they they may not stick around. But if you invest some time and some effort into them, they may actually stick around. They they may actually stick around a little bit longer. And when you're measuring, when you're measuring at a contact center, if you've got an average. Um, average time that folks are with you of a year, and you could move that to 15 months, especially with the good ones, it's a big deal. It's a massive change in your organization. So if we can find a way to keep some of the short-termers around a little bit longer, there's some, there's some great help in there. So investing some time, some money, and some education in that group never hurts. And of course, the people that, that aren't going to be around for a long time, you're already investing a lot of time in them because you're trying to see whether you can get them to be people that are going to stick around. And... Um, so you're already investing time in them, and then the third group is the um, it's really the the energy suckers and the energy givers, right? Which really ends up being the the good attitude, the bad attitude, and the no attitudes, right? And and this is again is a group that everybody knows who they are. Everybody knows who the people are that have a great attitude. Everybody knows who the people are that have a bad attitude, and then there's the people that just don't have any attitude at all. So. You know, so first off, you need to address the bad attitudes. You know, that's a group that you need to attack, right? When I say attack, again, I mean this in a professional way, but they need to either become silent or they need to become gone because bad attitudes do not help in a contact center. There's nothing that will will starve your center of performance faster than people that have bad attitudes. So this is a group that you need to know who the bad attitudes are and you need to address it or you need to move them on. And yes, even somebody that's a great employee, if they're bad attitude, because what they'll do is they'll bring people along with them. They'll tear people down. They'll tear people down. Quite often, the bad attitudes are also the energy suckers, the people that are sucking the life right out of the business because they just have a bad attitude. Um, but they can gather people with them and, and, and they, gather, they gather bad attitudes and they, can, and they can pull away your good attitude people as well. Your energy givers, the people that are, that are the ones that have a great attitude, man, you need to encourage them because usually your energy givers and your people with a great attitude are, are also encouraging of others. And, and when you can get a bunch of encouragement going around, that's a really great, great thing. Um, just to repeat my favorite Herb Kelleher quote, right? When you asked him why he was so successful and he said, you know what? He goes, we love our people and our people love our customers. When you've got that much love going around, you can make a lot of money, right? So the energy suckers and the... And the, and, the, and the people that have the bad attitudes, right? Want to try to isolate this group as best you can, right? Especially the influencers, right? Which is why I said that they need to be attacked and they need to be attacked again in a professional way, which means attack in my terms means that you need to be on purpose about doing something about their bad attitude to get them to change it or they need to be gone. And sometimes it's as simple as telling them that they have a bad attitude and they need to change it. And then, of course, when you tell somebody that they've got a bad attitude, you give them examples of how they have a bad attitude, right? Because you address, you know, everybody needs answers. Everybody needs to know what it is they do and what it is they need to do to be successful. And it's your job as a leader to be able to communicate that to them. The one that I didn't describe to you or didn't, haven't mentioned yet is the no attitude people, which these are the people that, that, that don't have an attitude, 
right? Which basically probably means you don't know very much about them because they either have a good one or a bad one. Rarely does somebody not have any attitude at all, but I separate it out only because it probably means you're not spending enough time with them. You don't know enough about them to be able to communicate that, communicate with them so that you can figure out where they are. You see, one of the great parts about high school is, is that high school, high school happened for all of us. And what it left us with is some indelible memories, some really great, probably some really, really bad, and a whole bunch of ones in between, but there are a lot of memories. Well, when you're working in a contact center, every day you're making memories. You're making memories first for the, for the people that you're serving, which are your customers. And every time you speak to them, for them, it may be the most important call they make that day. And getting your reps to understand that and be able to deliver the quality service and professional responses that you want to can only be done if you've got an engaged, motivated, excited, and committed workforce. And so the way that you do that is that you help them to create memories. And the best way that they can create memories is by connecting with the people in the organization, with you, and with the company. Because when they do that, they'll have memories and the odds are pretty good that they'll make good memories or great memories. So if I've given you a chance to go back and think about high school a little bit more, I hope that's a positive thing. If it's a negative thing, don't worry about it. It's past. It's all gone. And uh, remember that um, call centers are like high school. And when we apply some of the principles of clicks and needing a friend, you can make your call center better. So listen, it's been great to talk to you this week. Look forward to speaking to you next week. Don't forget to be a great leader uh, because you're fully, fully capable, and I know you can do it. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.